Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's your boy, Big Sills, National Football Show. How the heck are you doing here on a Thursday? Man, sports world is great right now, right? Major League Baseball's postseason for the next month or so is going to be off the chains. Pretty good baseball game last night between the Dodgers and Cardinals. Not that I root for anything on the weirdo coast, which is the West Coast. You know, I mean, (laughs) you see all the fans sitting there with their wine glasses. Last night at Chavez Ravine, I'm like, who goes to a ball game and drinks wine, right? Hey, I'm over here. Anyway, baseball was cool last night. Dodgers move on, and they'll take on the Giants, and today's a doubleheader, too. And we got Thursday night football. You know what's crazy? Most people, I would say 70% of the sports fans tonight will be tuned on to that Thursday night game tonight. Seahawks and Rams. It's a significant game in the NFC West. It's a hell of a game, by the way, okay? It really is. It's a hell of a game, and it may be one of the best games that I can remember for a Thursday night. Remember when they had those really bad, like, uniform nights and, like, the Jaguars would dominate, right, Thursday night? You're like, dude, why is everything look like these teams are wearing mustard pants colors? I'm like, I I hated all of that, like, the – all those crazy colors that they used to show up on a Thursday night. But this game tonight looks like it could be a significant night when it comes to telling us a little bit more about the NFC West, telling us a little bit more about Matthew Stafford. Is he in the conversation for a potential MVP award? We're going to find out because Kyler Murray's killing it. You're taking on Russell Wilson tonight. And by the way, Seattle needs that game big time tonight. So we shall see, right? I mean, I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, and I think it's going to dominate these sports sections tonight. It is. I mean, even though baseball is now into their postseason, the storylines aren't really there. You know, if you don't have a vested interest in baseball tonight, like, you know, I kind of am interested in two things uh, tonight a little bit with the Rays and with the Red Sox. Alex Kors, is a former Miami Hurricane, and – You know, the Rays, I covered them for 15 years, and I think they're the best organization in all of sports. They got a $65 million payroll, and they're beating the piss out of the Red Sox and Yankees every single year in the American League East. It's remarkable. Okay? It's remarkable. All right. So we're going to get into our world here, and that is football. By the way, bottom of the hour, our resident insider from Fan Insider, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Jason Cole, will go around the NFL and we'll start with that Thursday night game tonight, and we will talk a little bit with him on the significance of that game, especially in the NFC West. Bill W., Phillies lack hometown talent, and so do the Eagles. Hey, man, I tell you what, Bill, there's one thing that the Rays have done. They can get – Bill, they could lose Snell. They could lose Carl Crawford. They could lose Evan Longoria. They could lose anybody. 
and it just doesn't matter, man. David Price, I think the Rays are actually better this year. They go out, they get Nelson Cruz. Guy puts up 30-some-odd home runs for him. I mean, I don't know if you remember a couple of years back. This was like maybe seven years ago. They went out and got Cliff Floyd. He became a factor for Joe Madden. And Kevin Cash may be the best manager in all of baseball. I think the Rays have a chance to go all the way this year. And, Bill, you're right. You know how many times, Bill, I spent um, at Clearwater talking that same topic about the Phillies and how they don't develop on the farm? The Phillies have been notoriously awful in the MLB draft. I mean, just awful in the MLB draft. And I used to go over to Clearwater all the time. Hell, I used to go over there when Francona was managing the team. And we would talk about it all the time. Got to do a better job of developing talent on the farm. That's the one thing that the Rays do so great in Durham, man. They have a pipeline of superstar young talent. Muhammad, I appreciate you coming aboard. And some of you that may be new to the show, player, appreciate you coming in, brother. You guys hear me talking to the guys that are in the show now. As I tell you all the time, Big Sills puts up a whole bunch of stuff. We come prepared every single day, but you guys add content to the show, and we appreciate that. We are a football show, but we also are a sports show. So anything that you guys bring into the mix, and we're sometimes kind of other stuff of a show. All right. Let me start this out by saying, you know, there is no question if you do not have the quarterback position figured out in the National Football League, look at Bill Belichick. Okay? Mike, appreciate you coming aboard. Look at Belichick. Do we all agree Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the NFL's history? I, I, I say that. Even with him not having a quarterback, the last year in a few games, he's under 500 as a NFL head coach because he doesn't have it figured out yet. Now, after what we saw on this previous Sunday, I think people are starting to say Mac Jones is probably the guy that's going to be the future of the New England Patriots. Yet to be determined, though, you can't take a couple games and just go like this. He's the guy. I don't know if you guys remember this. You guys remember a guy by the name of Rick Meyer? Rick Meyer came out the same year that Drew Bledsoe came out. And Rick Meyer, believe it or not, was the rookie of the year. And I think it was Seattle. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Rick Meyer's going to – he faded. And he never, ever panned out. Hey, for that matter, I think Eagle fans can really appreciate this because Carson Wentz got that gigantic money. Same thing with the Rams with Jared Goff. And everyone's like, oh, my God, we got our franchise quarterback. He's the guy going forward. He's the guy that's going to lead us. Now I got to give it to Jared Goff. He did lead the Rams to a Super Bowl. But the organization, Les Snead and Kevin Demoff, the front office guys, president and general manager, determined that he wasn't the guy that was going to carry them into the future, so they made a move for Matthew Stafford. If you do not have that position figured out, I don't care what coaching resume you have. I don't care. Look, you think Matt LaFleur has the same record if he's coaching the Eagles compared to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Of course not. Of course not. This guy is like 29 and 7. Okay? 29 and 7 in three years of coaching in Green Bay. I'm talking Matt LaFleur during the regular season. 29 and 7. Dude, it's got to be one of the greatest starts getting out of the gate 
in pro football history. 29 and 7. That's freaking amazing. I know he's lost the last two NFC championship games, but I mean, they're in the conversation, and it looks like they've righted the ship since that Saints opener. Where I'm going here is this. Philadelphia after the season. Do you agree or not agree right now? Howie Roseman and the owner are going to do something at the quarterback position. Now, wait a minute here. I didn't say trade and get Deshaun Watson. I didn't say pursue Aaron Rodgers. I said that they're going to do this. They are going to do something at the quarterback position. <laughs> Player says, I could have been 29-7 and seven with Aaron Rodgers in that team. I agree, man. Hey, Matt LaFleur, to me, in my opinion, I think he shit the bed a few times in the postseason when it came to play calling and when it came to decision-making. You take the football out of the hands of the MVP last year and you put it in the hands of a kicker? I question that move all the time, dude. I'm with you on that. The question is for the Eagles, what are you going to do at quarterback in the offseason here? What are you going to do? Okay? Are you going to go after a high-price guy? The Eagles aren't notoriously, you know, in that conversation going after and paying for big money guys, especially when you're on the hook a little bit for that Wentz money. So what should they do? I think you draft somebody. Third round right now? Okay? Third round, I wouldn't say this, that you put it down and go, hey, man, let's go out and pursue Aaron Rodgers, or should they? You see what Aaron Rodgers is doing with Mike Tomlin? Having a little fun with him, has been, like, gushing over him. Could you see Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh? Wow. Man, Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh, Najee Harris behind him. You improve that old line. You got a great front line defense. Aaron Rodgers automatically makes the Pittsburgh Steelers a Super Bowl contender. What do you do? Bill W says, name a stub quarterback coming out in next year's draft. There's not many. There's not. That's why we overprice these guys. What up, Joey B? Bill, like, watch this, Bill. Do I think the guy, Zach Wilson, is a superstar quarterback coming out of BYU. He couldn't beat Coastal Carolina last year. This guy couldn't beat Utah. Right? He couldn't beat Utah. And so I'm sitting here going like this. I don't know. Okay. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know. He's a great quarterback. And you want to even throw this into the conversation? I'll look at Justin Fields and go like this. We'll see. Trey Lance. I had to YouTube the guy to find some highlight reels on him and plays that he made at North Dakota State. Okay? I mean, North Dakota State? Okay, yeah. I mean, who are the, who, who do they play? South Dakota State? I guess. Who who does who's on North Dakota State's schedule? The University of Bison. Here here's who they play in week 4. Helen Keller University. I hear they play Slippery Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, man, that was a tough game that Trey had against Nowhere You. Holy cow, man. I, I couldn't believe it. Nowhere You, 
they couldn't play really 12-man football. They only could play like a nine-man football from what I understand. So there were games that North Dakota State had to play nine-guy football or something. Okay? Yeah, right? Helen Keller University, man, they were going out there going, man, I, I'd like to follow along with Trey Lance, but I can't see him. <laughs> then again, I couldn't see him on the internet. I couldn't see the guy, man. I couldn't see any highlights. I mean, I had a YouTube to do. Anyway. So what do you do, man? I mean, look, I think he's actually played pretty good. Well, I had this conversation with Krause Jr. the other day, and I'm saying this, man. I thought he was good against Kansas City. This game and this stretch of games here against Carolina and then against the, the Buccaneers, okay, and the Raiders are going to really tell me a lot. Yeah, hey, hey, just Mike says week six they play the Scranton <laughs> Corn Pops. Oh, my God, that's great. Hey, that guy Corn Pop, dude, he is a badass coach, man. This is a guy that tried to beat the president of the United States' ass. Joe Biden would have none of that, man. Hey, how come every time I see Joe Biden, I think a weekend at Bernie's and I think of that movie, one and two. <laughs> hey, hang on here, man, right? Every time I see Joe Biden, I think of a weekend at Bernie's. Huh? Yeah, I can't hear you. What'd you say? Mask. Oh, yeah, mask. Yeah, Dr. Jill's got six of them. Yeah, she got a red nose on one of them. <laughs> Corn Pop, man, that guy's a badass, man. Oof. He used to go around stealing people's cotton candy and bubble gum. And, man, he was big in Dover, too. Should have seen his ass. He used to go up to Dover and beat the piss out of people. Joe would have none of it, man. Yeah, no way, man. He'd get over there in Dover and Corn Pop would show up. And Big Joe showed up and said, that's it, man. I'm done with that. You and me are going to have to have hands on this one, man. Corn Pop. Yeah. Then he became a coach. Right? Corn Pop became a coach. Right, Mike? Yeah, he coaches uh, Nowhere You now. <laughs> oh, man. Nowhere You. Let's take a look at, though, the quarterbacks that are going to be. And I threw this out on my Twitter page. Quarterbacks that could potentially be on the move. All right? How many people think that Russell will – let's do this. On a scale of one to five, what do you think the odds of Russell Wilson being on the move? I'm going to put this out there to you, too. If you're Russell Wilson, all right, you're Russell Wilson, and you see the defense is not the same, you've got a 70-year-old coach in Pete Carroll, who I love, and he's going to Canton. Do you stay in Seattle? Why? Tom Brady looked at the New England Patriots situation and went like this. I'm not coming back to this. I want to still play football, but I, you know what? This is the first quarterback that had the equity to sit there and look at an organization, including Bob Kraft and including the Patriots, and said, you guys didn't do enough with the money that I kept kicking back to the organization. I did everything in my power to make the organization consistently a winner, and you guys fell on your ass. Do you agree? Fell on your ass? Joey B., I like that conversation. But Joe, Joe he, he's 70. He's 70. What do you guys think of the odds of Russell Wilson in the offseason going to the Seattle Seahawks and saying this? 
Where are we going here? What are we doing? And if Pete Carroll does retire, why would Russell stay in Seattle to break in a new coach? Why not go someplace that's got assets? Miami, Philadelphia, Denver, Pittsburgh? I don't know. Chicago. I think it's a high priority on Russell Wilson's agenda this season to see how this team fares. Look at this for a second. Let's do this here. This game tonight against the Rams. This is where I'm going because it all ties back into Philly here. If Russell Wilson and the Seahawks turn out to be the worst team in the West and everyone else is getting better, watch this. Do we agree the Cardinals are getting better? Yes. The Rams have made significant moves, correct? The 49ers went and got a young project quarterback who's starting this weekend. Everybody's improving the roster but the Seahawks. Why would he stay in Seattle if you're not improving the team? Your running attack ever since Beast Mode left is not the same. Your defense, you can't get people off the field, man. Guys, the, the Seahawks can't get folks off the field. It, it, hey, wait a minute, Mike. And that's a great point. Where does Sierra want to go? That's right, Vegas. Would the Raiders think of trading Derek Carr and putting him in a package to get Russell Wilson into Las Vegas? That, that's a factor. She's a gigantic star like Giselle is to Tom Brady. Sierra's a massive star. That's a factor. She's up there in Seattle with her husband, which is awesome to her. Supports him 100%. But, dude, she's a mega star. More people know Sierra than they do Russell Wilson. Player just said it. How about the Giants? Okay. How about the Giants? Could you see Russell Wilson playing in New York? My God almighty. Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, and then the Eagles got Jalen Hurts? Dude, that ain't going to win you anything in the East. One of those teams in the East, the NFC East, is going to get another quarterback in that division. Will it be Philly, Washington, or New York? Player, I think you're onto it. You think Washington is just going to sit back? Maybe they do because they're always in chaos because of the owner, Daniel Snyder. That guy's the James Dolan of the NFL. James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, is a horrific owner. And this guy's more worried about T-shirts being worn at MSG than he is about his hoop team which sucks. Last year, everyone in New York's like, oh, my God, we're actually pretty decent. They root for pretty decent nowadays in New York. Hey, and Mike, I'm just saying, somebody in that division is going to improve a quarterback on their football team. I don't know if it's Washington. I don't know if anybody would want to play for Snyder. But I know people would play for the Tishes and the Maris. It's a great organization, the Giants. And why wouldn't you want to have Sierra and yourself in New York at the end of your career? I know he wants to win, but you got Saquon Barkley behind you? Remember how good he is with a running game? Barkley and Russell Wilson. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good about that if I'm the Giants. And I'm Dave Gettleman. 
And I'm looking at Daniel Jones. He threw for 400 yards. That's not going to do it for me, though. I need a champion quarterback right now. And if you're Joe Judge sitting around continuing to wet nurse a young quarterback, it's not going to save your gig. Okay, so that's my thoughts on Wilson. Aaron Rodgers now. I think Aaron Rodgers, I think he's had it, and I think Green Bay's had it, even though they've righted the ship and they're 3-1. and one. He, He's going to want another challenge because that's his nature. Look, I've said this before. And I'm just pointing things out that are out there in the media right now about him. So let me let me throw this out. And again, hey, man, I don't want anybody judging me, but I'm just saying what's out there. This guy has no relationship with his family. Okay? He has, like, no relationship with any woman for any long period of time. He doesn't really have a great relationship with the Packers. He doesn't really have a great relationship with the community of Green Bay. He's not tied into that community like Favre was or like Bart Starr was. Those are your two significant quarterbacks in Green Bay, you know, in the last 65 years. Will we not agree? Starr and Favre, and if you add the third one, it's Rodgers. And of all three of those guys, Rodgers has no tie into Green Bay. And he's not very loyal to the soil. If you're Philly, if you're Miami, if you're Denver, if you're Green Bay, you have to look around the room and go, do we want to cut our ties? Do we want to maybe send them to Pittsburgh? How about Aaron Rodgers in New York? My God almighty. Philadelphia, you better do something at the quarterback position, and you can't do two years with Jalen. This is where my point is right now. You don't have two years. Dak has grabbed control of the division. Okay? Smile says, Sierra, 20 million net worth. Not many NFL players' wives have that. Absolutely. Player says, San Francisco would be perfect for that, personally, but nobody's going to Denver. Rodgers, Deion, he's, he's spectacular. I mean, but Dak has grabbed control of the NFC East. One of those other teams knows if they're going to compete in the East, they've got to have a signal caller. You're going to pursue. Now, look, the outlier is Deshaun Watson. Okay? We all know that. He doesn't want to play in Houston. Houston now is kind of backing up the Brinks truck a little bit, saying that they're not going to take as um, you know, much time as they would have in the past and asking for as much as they have in the past for him. So come with your best offer, and let's see if we can start this train rolling. So that's out there, but we all know the baggage that's coming with that. So Rogers' name is out there. That's another option. Guys, in Philadelphia, you don't have two years to develop Jalen, like I said. You don't have two years. Because if one of those quarterbacks lands in the East, it'll take you 10 years to catch up. Well, we're just going to develop Jalen and, you know, the team. Dude, you could forget that. You can absolutely forget that. All right. Let's take a break here. 
I'll take your thoughts. We'll continue this conversation. We'll talk a little bit about the Rams and Seattle. We'll do it next with our friend, our NFL Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole. We'll do it next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Jason Cole also wrote this book, A Relentless Life. We'll get to him here in a minute. And we will talk with him about tonight's game and also some of the storylines that are going around the National Football League. So, And one of those storylines, Jalen Smith ends up signing with the Packers. That's a pretty bold move for them. Packers aren't really known going out in free agency and signing guys, especially guys that have a big price tag to them. Remember something about, you know, Jalen Smith. Now, obviously, he cleared waivers, so they're not in, you know, they're not in the room where they had to pick up that Cowboy contract. So they signed him to a one-year contract. So they gave him the opportunity. And you know what? By the way, I said this before. I know Jerry had a really tough time letting him loose. He did not want to let him loose, but the financial restraints, when it came to overpaying him, became an issue for him keeping him on the football team. You know, they owe a boatload of money to him this year with bonuses and such. 
but the Cowboys next year are going to be able to get some cap relief next year. And I don't know what the pandemic, when it comes to the kind of um, numbers it's going to be next year. I think people are saying it's going to be around 208. If it's 208, the Cowboys are going to be able to make some significant moves. And remember something, the new CBA kicks in next year, which means you can start to defer some of the dead money that you have on your team. So teams like the Rams, teams like the Cowboys, next year you're going to have the affordability. If you've got dead money on your cap, you're going to be able to spread that out and get cap relief. That was one of the requirements of the new collective bargaining agreement that the owners wanted. They wanted to get relief on that such, and they did. So next year is going to be a big year for improving rosters. Like like, Like I said, if you've got dead money on your football team right now, that cap next year is going to have some parameters around it where you're going to be able to go out and you're going to be able to get some relief. So teams are going to be able to improve, go around, and they're going to be able to find quality players again. And unlike this past offseason where you saw 28-year-old guys that were out there in the open market, you're not going to necessarily see that because of the new CBA. It's going to be in a position where some of these teams are going to be able to keep some of their players on their roster, unlike they were this last year. I know it sounds a little technical, but it all comes with constructing a roster. And I said this yesterday to people about Howie Roseman the last three years when it came to drafting. His last three years have not been very good when it comes to drafting for the Eagles. And so what does that usually mean? Well, just like Belichick, look what Bill did. Bill's last couple of years in New England has not been very productive. So what did they do? They went out and spent $330 million in free agency money. And they, they basically built a brand new team. And they're really looking at the Patriots in 2026 and what the team's going to look like more so than they are right now on 2021-22. They're looking at 26 when they're looking at how this team's going to look. That's what these projection people end up doing. That's what the cap guys do. That's why you have a capologist on your team. You're forecasting what the cap's going to be. Nobody saw the pandemic coming. And what you do is you sit there and you go to your owner and you say, this is the amount of money that we're going to have to be able to spend. This is where we are. One of the surprising things was that there were a boatload of teams. I would say almost the majority of the teams. The reason that they couldn't go out and get Stefan Gilmore, say the Eagles, okay? Most teams are like squeezed against the cap, and they would have had to do some maneuvering and made some moves if they were going to bring in Stefan Gilmore uh, from the New England Patriots and make a move for him. A lot of teams right now are pressed against that, that salary cap, and you would have had to make some roster moves. That's why people were asking me, how do you think the Eagles would do by going after Gilmore? They didn't have the ability to do it because they're up against the cap. They would have to have some significant cuts on the team to make room for him. And they're not in the position right now to do that because, again, this coming draft, they've got assets. This coming draft, they're going to try to do what they can. They've got to figure out the quarterback position. That's why when you see a team like Green Bay, you know, Green Bay last year reported $30 million losses, and yet they go out and, you know, they signed Jalen Smith to a friendly deal. And good for them. Good for them. This is a pretty significant – you know, I'll tell you something. When Thursday Night Football started a couple years back, I remember talking to Rich McKay about this, the president of the Atlanta Falcons. I said, Rich, man, 
this Thursday night schedule sucks, but it has really picked up. And tonight could be one of the best matchups I can ever remember for Thursday night football. Let's go to our Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole now. And don't forget, folks, you can go to Amazon and you can get his book, A Relentless Life, here. A really great story here on John Elway. I'll talk a little bit about this at the end here, but am I right, Jace? This is a pretty good matchup, and it's really significant. If I were going to put a team out there, this is a big game for Seattle, isn't it? Uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they got to get – like Seattle won a nice victory over San Francisco, all that. You still – when you look at them, you're like, this is a team with a defense that's still in transition. Like that's not a finished product. Um, it's nothing close to what they were when they were Legion Boom. And those those Legion of Boom days are over. But there are certain parts where you look at them and say, I can see where they can get to a defense that is really um, tough, but they miss too often. Like the Debo Samuel 76-yarder. Like you can't have stuff like that happen. You know, you can't allow that game, which you have under control against a rookie quarterback who's taken over for, you know, Garoppolo who's injured. That game shouldn't be comp competitive in any way, shape, or form. You have to put that team away, and they didn't. And so that concerns me about them. But, and, you know, it's a great divisional rival, great divisional game, period. How about this, too, Jace? I mean, I wonder how big a game it is for Russell Wilson, too, because. You, you mentioned it. It's not the same defense. That team really hasn't been the same since beast mode, too, when it comes to running the ball. Has not been really at his best when he was there. A little bit at the end, but he wasn't the same guy. Pete Carroll, 70. I mean, if you're Russell Wilson, you're looking around the room. What if a new coach rolls in there? I mean, if you're Wilson, I would think that this is a big year for him to determine whether or not this is going to be where he wants to close it out or not. I mean, just to punch your ticket every day and go to work in Seattle and say I'm in, I'm in, I'm with the Seahawks here. I mean, I think you're going to see more people moving around. I mean, do you agree or do you think that he's a Seahawk for life? Yeah, look, he's antsy about wanting to have more control and all of these things, and sort of semi-threatening about wanting to get out. But Russell Wilson, at the end of the day, is not one of these guys who really wants to do something that damages his own reputation and his brand, right? Not even Aaron Rodgers, who can be a very surly human being and very difficult to deal with. Not even Aaron Rodgers wanted to go that far as angry and as openly angry and terse as he has been with the Packers and with management. He didn't even want to go that far. Russell Wilson's not anything close to as negative as Aaron Rodgers can be when Aaron wants to really get a little dirty, right? Yeah. So I, I just don't know. Like, I don't ever see Russell really pushing that button. I see him playing it out to say, okay, I'll get to free agency and see how you guys want to play this. Um, but I don't see him really pushing for that trade. So I think it's going to be more about, hey, do I have some more say in this? Because I always come back to this. These guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and all these other great quarterbacks who are out there. They're looking around and they're saying, look what Brady got. Yeah. <laughs> look at the control he had. Look at what Peyton Manning had. And those guys won multiple Super Bowls. Like, I deserve to have every bit of that. 
so that I can go out and win multiple Super Bowls. Because frankly, I think personally, I'm better than Tom Brady. All right. Not that that's true. Like we're not, I'm not arguing that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is better than Tom Brady. I am saying that they believe that they are better than Tom Brady because if you're any kind of athlete, you believe in yourself. I mean, it's a really simple thing. Absolutely. So let me go, let me take um, to some of the moves that were made these last couple of days. Jason, I don't ever remember in season cuts like this after the fact as we got in to the regular season. I mean, I can't remember significant cuts like big money guys like Jalen Smith of the Cowboys and then a contract dispute. Now, I know Bill has sent people in the past like Chandler Jones and he sent Richard Seymour away when you had – but that was off-season stuff. And I no, know two years ago, No, no, no. Chandler Jones was in season. Chandler, Chandler Jones, Jones was in season? Jamie Collins in season. Richard Sherman, eve of the season, like those things happened during season or right on the cusp. Lawyer Malloy, first week. Logan Mankins, like deep into training camp. All those things. He's done it. You know, he's never had any regard. Now, other teams don't because other teams don't have the courage of conviction that Belichick has. Now, it could be, it could be, um, courage of chaos in this situation, given where his team's at. Okay. But, you know, he has a conviction about this. So you're right. It doesn't happen a lot. And this to happen on two on the same day, rare. But the other thing is, like, is Jalen Smith really any good anymore? I, I thought he was a good player, but I never thought he was contract that he has good. I mean, like, I think the Packers got a good player. Do I think he got they got a an exceptional player, a 2018 uh, Pro Bowler? No. Right. So I think they got a guy who's, you know, his body held up about as long as it was going to hold up after that injury that, you know, unfortunately dropped him from a first-round pick to a second-round pick. Um, and the, the idea of Gilmore, you get a guy who's basically a rental for a sixth-round pick. You know, he's, he's there for the duration of the season, right? And – you know, Caroline needs corners. It might help them, you know, get to play to get into the playoffs, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's these are two fairly big names. But again, I always say names are kind of cool, but can you really actually play? <laughs> but he was two years ago, Jace. We're talking two years ago. Stefan Gilmore was the defensive player of the year. Oh, I he's mean, great. You know, like, I'm not Stefan Gilmore, I'm I'm quite confident is gonna go in and be terrific for Carolina. Yeah, they got a bargain for a six-round pick and five million and whatever else it costs. That's great. Jalen Jalen Smith. Okay. I agree. Maybe maybe he fits better in what they're trying to do as opposed to, you know, what the backers are trying to do versus what the Cowboys are currently trying to do. That's absolutely true. This may be a fit question, right? But the the fact of the matter is Jalen Smith is a backup right now. Um, and you know, we'll see what kind of player he really is still. Let me take you over to now to urban Meyer. You're right next to this storyline <laughs> and I'm going to do this though. You know what? I, I had Mark Schlereth down with me a couple days ago and here's where I'm going to go with him on this. You know, I, I'm not going to play morality cop here and I'm not going to play higher than thou. You're not going to play morality. Cop? No, no, no. I'm not going to play like, holier <laughs> than thou, but Jace, you're now talking to men. 
And right. when you BS men in your locker room, hey, do as I say, not as I do. You know, you're going to you you have a really big chance of not having credibility in that locker room when you're oh, in that conversation yeah. with those men. I mean, I really I mean, how, how can you tell a, how can you tell a grown man to go do something when your 23 year old character, your 23 year old quarterback is more character than a coach? Look, it's just. Again, I don't think the guys real the guys in the locker room probably are giggling about the pictures. And some of them are kind of go, hey, way to go, coach. But the one thing that they're not on board with is we played on Thursday night. Yeah. We lost a tough game. And our leader didn't get on the plane with us to go home and get home at, you know, like, what is it, 2, 3 in the morning? Yes. You know, have a rough night going to sleep. You know, waking up feeling bad from the loss. Have to get to the, the facility building. the yeah. next day at seven thirty in the morning. And I got, yeah. I got to do my stretch out. I got to check up. Yeah. I got to do. Where's the leader? Yeah. Where's the leader? Why aren't you? Why aren't you with us? Why aren't you? You know, licking your wounds with us, right? No. Instead, you decided to stay back in Ohio, have a little family time, which we don't begrudge you. Okay. Decide you can make it comfortable for yourself. And then, by the way, you decide to go get a grind. Okay? You know, like you you happily accepted that and whatever else that went with it. And then you made a fool of yourself. So not only are you not a leader, but then you made a fool of yourself. Okay? And now you've, you've done everything that you tell us not to do. Don't be a distraction. Don't be, you know, a jack. You know, don't be, you know, like. And that's where you sit there and you lose guys. And like again, you're exactly right. Like guys are looking and they're laughing, and they're probably like, you know, again, some of them are joking. You know how the locker room is. Hey, look what coach got a little action. You know that kind. Of, you know, they, that's how guys talk in a locker room. They laugh about it and giggle about it, but at the same time, they're looking and going, "Wait a sec, man! I, I I had to try and sleep on that flight. I had to try. I had to get back to my apartment or my house at four o'clock in the morning. I had." This and that I had to do. Why didn't he do the same thing? That's that's what I think the guys think about. Because frankly, if I was in that kind of business, I would think about that. Is he a short timer there? You think? Oh, where's he ever been a long timer? True, true. He's been a short timer his entire career. He's a he's a high burn rate guy, and that, and that's okay. You know, you play for Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Jimmy burned as burned out as fast as any human being alive, and Absolutely. that's all right. Right, and and some guys are just built that way, and they they throw their entire existence into this, and I am going to be great no matter what. Da da da, and that's great. Okay, and you may be only able to maintain that for four or five years. I don't think I don't think that Urban's going to make that long because again, his expertise, his true greatness, was as an identifier of talent and a recruiter of great players. So that he could walk on the field and say, "I got the twenty best guys on the on the field today. I'm just I'm just hammering you, right? You you know I'm playing Iowa. You don't have a single guy on your team who can start for me at Ohio State. I am playing against Vanderbilt. You don't have a single guy who can make my backup roster, right? Like that's what he did for most of the time. And then he would coach three, maybe four games a year." 
where it was tactical. The NFL is tactics every single week. Finally here, um, in Chicago, Matt Nagy, um, I, I had Jared Bell a couple days on with me, and he just thinks the guy is just not the right guy for Justin Fields. I'd like to get your spin on it. Do you think he's the right coach for him moving forward when it comes – they've never had an all-pro quarterback or they haven't had one in the last 60 years in Chicago. I mean, that tells you a lot about what was that. Bland, Blanda was like the last guy that they had who made all-pro. Something pro. like was, that was like back luck, in the 50s, Luckman. something like that. Yeah, it was, Luckman, I think it was – It was Luckman. Luckman was the that's last in, that's in the four. That's in the 40s. Okay, they so, haven't had one in 60 years. They've all, they only have one true Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes. They have they have Sid Luckman. That's crazy. Luckman, baby. My, one, one of my people. One of my people, you know? <laughs> one of them. Oi! Oi! Um, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, and I visited. I had, the, I had the great pleasure of visiting Sid in his condo on, uh, in, on Miami Beach. He lived up in like Golden Isles or something like that. Man. Wonderful human being. What a legend! But that that aside, like yeah, Matt Nagy. To get back to your original point, I mean, like it's you're just starting with what the problems are in Chicago. Is there a single guy on that offensive roster aside from Fields, and we don't really even know what Fields is aside from Fields that is a dangerous player? No. Allen Robinson, nice player. Nice, nice receiver. Okay. There's nobody else. Like, and and, and even Allen Robinson, are you as a defensive no. coordinator sitting there going, man, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to bracket this guy and follow him around all the time. And I got, you know, he could kill us. Like, no. It's like, okay, he might get six catches, a hundred something yards. If we're not really careful, he could hurt us a couple of times. You know, but like there's nothing there. So that's not that's not Matt Nagy's fault. At the same time, he hasn't done a lot to fix it up to this point or to game the system. So, yeah, I think the time's going to run out on Matt Nagy. I think it's going to run out, um, you know, on, on the front office as well, which I don't necessarily know if that's good for Justin Fields or not because I don't know what they're going to hire. Um, you know, they're not particularly great at hiring co coaches either. You know, like what great coach have they hired since since Ditka was there? Yeah. Like they're still like it's been 30 plus years since Ditka and they're not getting anything done. So, yeah, I I just kind of look at it and say um, Matt Nagy is the you, know, you can fire him. That's great. You know, if that's what you really think. But I don't think that solves the problem. Hey, real quick here on the on the Denver Broncos with Elway. Um, are we in a holding pattern here, waiting to find out who the new owner is going to be, and are they trying to do everything they can to get John so that he can get a group together so that he can be the owner of the Broncos? Because this has gone on now for like what is it, two years now, three years now on the Broncos potential sale. I mean, are we close to finding? Oh, I can't out? remember. Did Pat pass in? I think it's two years he passed. I think it's two. Yeah, and it's a half almost years. two. It's almost two years. Since, yeah. or, or it was. I, I think it's three years, years now. I think it's almost three years, Jace, that he's passed. Well, he got into the Hall of Fame. He was still alive when he got in, but he died before the ceremony. Correct. I know that happened. So he died in between. I think that was 2019. Okay. okay. Um, but but like, that was the Super Bowl in Atlanta. But you know that's sort of neither here nor there. So I think it's two years. 
And yeah, this has been wrapping around. I don't know that anybody's sort of setting the table for Elway. I think our Elway already has the table set for him as he's NFL royalty, right? So if John Elway steps up and he has his oil and gas guys out of Denver ready to go to buy the team, they're going to listen to him very strongly. He's going to be a finalist no matter what because there's a trust and an efficacy that goes with Elway that he's going to run that team. And, you know, he's going to run it the way it should be run. So that's clear in my mind. He'll be at the top of that. He'll be at the top of that list. The question is, does he have the kind of guys together who will bid whatever it takes? Like, you know, if Bezos comes in and says, yeah, here, four billion, four and a half here, you know, like, you know, I I heard the Jay-Z thing, like Jay-Z is the same has to go get partners. He can't come in. But Bezos, yeah, Bob Iger, I heard him and Bob Iger and a couple other people. Bob Iger doesn't even have this kind of money. Like Bob. Yeah. Bob has yeah, I mean, connections though. Bob, yeah. But those guys, those guys are like Jay-Z and Bob Iger are faces. Yes. In front of the guys who are writing the checks. Jeff Bezos is the guy writing the checks. Right? <laughs> like he and he's just like, okay, what do we have in petty cash today? Right, like for for me to buy the Broncos. <laughs> oh, by the way, can I buy the whole league? Yeah, you know, he like, could too. <laughs> right, he, could, he absolutely could. You know, but so so we'll see um, how how this plays out. But yeah, Elway, he I know I know you know it's it, it's it's a, it's one of the worst kept secrets in Denver that he's had his eye on having an ownership stake in that team. I mean, he had. He was supposed to have an ownership stake in the team when he was a player, except that that was against the rules at the time. And your boy Al Davis, you know, raised a stink about it. You know, he was not happy about that. I bet. Make sure, guys, you get the book here, Relentless Life, here with John Elway, written by Jason Cole. Brother, thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, dude. We'll talk to you. You got it. Jason Cole, our NFL insider, will take a brief timeout, get back to you, keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Silios. Smile. Gilmore franchise tag? No way. Absolutely no way. No way, man. And I don't think he's a $20 million corner anymore either. I know two years ago that, um, you know, he may have been in that conversation. Watch this. When I think of Stefan Gilmore, is he Darrell Rivas? Maybe a tick below. I do think he's a great player. Won a Defensive Player of the Year award a couple of years ago. Carlos says, what's up, Dan? Philly has made no moves. Two good players. And to get some good players. Um, it's true, actually, when you think about that. Gilmore fits Gannon's scheme. With, I don't think Gannon's going to be your defensive coordinator in 2022. So, Carlos, to me, I, I, if I were going to make a move in Philadelphia coaching-wise, it's not going to be Nick Seriana being a one-and-done guy. you got to get rid of that D coordinator. He's too young, man. The, are you hearing what Fletcher Cox is saying? Fletcher Cox is going like this. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. And he's playing code with the media. And he's playing code with his team. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. You know, I'll get there. Uh, I'll, I'll be a... I personally don't think it's Fletcher. I think it's what they're asking him to do. Guys, please believe me on this. Here, let me give you a for instance. Mohammed, the scheme isn't good. How many? What, what was it yesterday you guys were telling me? He admitted that they can't play dime? Dude, shut the hell up. Don't tell people your weakness. Here, let me tell you something. When you tell people your weakness, and they know that gets under your skin. They know how to wind you up at will, and they have control of you. So a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinators around the league are listening to that going, I'm not saying that. Offensive coordinators are going, so they can't play dime? They can't play dime. Why would you say that? It's, like I said yesterday to you guys, it's like getting into a fight going, you know, I really don't have a jab. I'm a really a, I'm a big punch guy. So, you know, I'm just looking to throw the haymaker. I'm not real good with my jab and I can't throw my left hand. <laughs> Would you ever tell somebody that? Hey, by the way, hit me in the gut. You know, you can hit me in the face, but don't hit me in the gut. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, man, you got to have a little bit more secrecy on what your strengths and weaknesses are. That's why I tell you all the time, you know, as much as Bill Belichick gets shit for all those crappy-ass interviews that he does in those press conferences, they're structured brilliantly. Here, I'm going to give you a for instance. If I was a head coach, and I was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, okay, this is what I would do when someone was asking me, hey, how do you think Jalen Hurts is playing, Dan? We're working. We're getting there. 
Um, you know, he's a smart player. He's getting better every week. He's coming along, understanding what we're asking him to do. Team around him's got to step up. You know, everybody else has got to be part of this whole equation too. O-line, wide receivers, coaching. And anything else, Bill? Or anything else, Dan? No. Well, how do you think the defense is coming along? Well, got some challenging weeks ahead of us. Got some really good teams coming in. And, you know, we just got to play hard. Yeah, but, you know, you're giving up 200 yards rushing against Kansas City. Well, we're on to Carolina. Well, well, Coach, what about the Kansas City game where your defensive front seven gave up 200 yards and he ran the ball 32 times? Well, I've already addressed that on Monday. We're on to Carolina right now. And we're looking at Carolina. They got a great team. It's going to be a major challenge. They're a very big team. They're a large group on both sides of the football. Quarterback's playing good. I know Matt Rule from his New York days. He's a good coach. Yeah, but what what about the Kansas City game? Are you concerned about some of the things you saw in the Kansas City and 49er game? We're on to Carolina. That's how I would answer all you assholes. I would answer, and I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to media assholes. I'm not telling you anything about how to knock me out. Here, let me just, that's what the media is trying to do because the media sells negativity and the media, the media is immediately going to attack your weaknesses. They're not going to attack why, how you got beat is how they're going to dissect it. And sometimes even if you win, how you win close. Did you see the media attacking Bruce Arians and Tom Brady after only scoring 19 points and throwing no touchdowns against the Patriots? They were doing this stuff. Uh, Tom, you know, it was a really big struggle for you. Tom answered it just like his former uh, coach did. They're a well-coached team. Did you not think that? Now you know why it's tough to go into Gillette and win a game. And you leave it there. Nick Sirianni's going on, and so is Gannon going on. We can't play dime. Dude, shut up. If I was a defensive guy in that locker room in Philadelphia, I would be so pissed. If I was a dime player, we can't play dime and I'm on the dime coverage? Shit, dude. Hey, guess what? Maybe you can't coach the dime. You know what I'm saying? That's how you create friction in the locker room, guys. Okay, so these coaches are now saying that they don't have the personnel in the locker room to play certain coverages and schemes. And now you've got the leader of the defense, Fletcher Cox, saying, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring how and what they're asking me to do. Dude, do you not see that that's beginning to unravel a little bit? I think that's the beginning of unraveling. You can't stand up there in front of a press conference and start doing this. We can't play dime. So, Okay, if I'm on the dime package and I'm on the dime coverage, you're telling me that I'm shit in your eyes? And you're telling everyone out there? And then you're telling other teams out there that the guys I have on my roster aren't worth a shit? 
How about if I want to be Howie Roseman and I want to trade some of these guys potentially to get some commodities back or maybe potentially some draft choices? You think Belichick was talking shit on Stefan Gilmore? That's right, player. The locker room's getting noisy on that side of the ball. You know, I started thinking about what you guys were telling me yesterday. Carlos said Minnesota's defense got shredded. Enough said. Damn right, man. Paul Gannon's basically threw his team under the bus. Exactly. He did at that press conference. And you're starting to see Cox and Slay call bullshit on him. That's right. You've got some 14-year-old guy as your D coordinator calling out professional guys like Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay. Are you kidding me? Who are you? Where do you have the onions big enough to do that? But see, that's because the head coach doesn't have the onions in the locker room or he doesn't have he doesn't have the the power in the locker room because the uh, general manager does. Player. <laughs> he looks like he's 14. Gannon's locker room, according to Paul here, starting to sink, and I could smell it coming from Cal- from Kami, California. Thank you, Paul. It is Kami, California. That's for damn sure. Hey, when when a pound, hey, hey, Paul, when a pound of strawberries costs you twenty nine dollars, I mean, right? Hey, can I get some strawberries? That's thirty dollars plus tax. Well, how much are the strawberries? Three dollars. So wait a minute, I'm paying $30 for strawberries? Yeah. Well, how much are the actual strawberries? $3. So I'm paying $27 in taxes. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Or maybe not. I don't know. Can I go pick them myself? The linebacker coach is only 28. So wait a minute. You got a 20-some-odd-year-old coach or 30, whatever he is, Gannon, and you got a coach who's the head coach who's 30 years so you got two, three guys on that team that are under 35? Jesus Christ, What the hell? And you're throwing guys under the bus. Not cool, man. Absolutely not cool. Let's take a timeout. We'll be right back. We'll get to your thoughts. And again, you think this coaching staff could lose this uh, locker room by the end of the year? We'll hit on that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. 
At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Boys, do I have some news for you before I do that. I just realized something here, and tonight, Red Sox and Rays are going to be in the ALDS. I just found this. Um, my wife pointed this out to me. Ray sent me this a couple of years back. See this Rays jersey? Right? Then I realized they number 62... 62. Do I look like a 62? I'm a 93 guy. So we, I had a guy go, man, really? You know, I mean, they were nice enough to send you a joke. I go, I don't care. 93, bitch. I always remember that. 93, big sills. Krause Jr. sending me rings of Nick Saban. Big deal. I got a few of them, too. Hey, done. <laughs> I got a few of them, too, guy. Yeah, a few. Not one, a few. Yeah, I got a few of them. Do I have some news for you? I'm going to get, hey, I'm going to get into a little bit more what we were talking about, about uh, Mr. Gannon. By the way, I don't, what's Gannon's first name? What's his name? Kiddo? Is it Kiddo Gannon? I think I'm going to name him Kiddo. How about this one? This is being floated around, okay, by Adrian Wojnarowski, Jonathan. He looks like a Jonathan Muhammad. Who's what's the name of your defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, Jonathan? You know, like old English, Jonathan. He signed a declaration as Jonathan. Yes, I'm Jonathan Gannon. I am the Jonathan, not John, but Jonathan. I'm Jonathan Gannon. And I'm your defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. Dude, that doesn't even sound tough. <laughs> Watch this. On, the, on my dorm nameplate. Oh, he, he said, call it. Oh, he's giving himself a nickname. JG, like John Gotti. <laughs> John John. Now nah, that's reserved for the kid who went down in the airplane. Okay. JG. Like JG Wentworth? <laughs> I want my money now. I want my defense now, JG. Hey, JG, can I have my defense now? God dang it. I want it now, and I deserve it now. 
J J G Gannon, part of uh, J G Wentworth. I want my cash now. Oh God, Jonathan. <laughs> my name is Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See, man, if my name was Jonathan and I was going to Philly and I was going to be the D coordinator, my name would be Junkyard Dog Gannon. <laughs> my name is Junkyard Dog. Yeah, Paul says it's garbage Gannon. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> what 800 Blitz now, really? Yeah, if I'm going to Philly and I'm the D coordinator, my name is Junkyard Dog. What's your name? Junkyard Dog Cilio. I'm the D. What, what's just how it even sounds and the perception? Um, yeah, I'd like to introduce now Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's my introduction. I'd like to introduce Junkyard Dog Cilio, the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. How you doing? Yeah. How, how are you going to play, Sills? Oh. Anything that moves, we're going to hit it. We're going to be like Urban Meyer. If it moves, we're going to hit it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go there. <laughs> if it moves, I'm hitting it. <laughs> it used to be a motto of mine. Honest to God, man. If it's on the field and it's moving, I'm going to hit it. I don't care who it is. Kicker, holder. I'm going to knock that dude out as much as I can, man. We're going to set tones here. Yeah, we're going to be Urban Meyer. If it moves, I'm hitting it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, before we move on, Derrick Henry has now kind of lifted his head up from Tennessee a little bit. We're going to hit on that a little bit. How'd you like to have Derrick Henry in Philly? Then again, who wouldn't want Derrick Henry? Right? When does Derrick Henry go? Uh, you know, yeah. It ain't happening here in Tennessee, right? <laughs> Very nice, Carlos. So how would you guys, would you guys be willing to make a trade for Ben Simmons to the Nets for Kyrie Irving? That's what Adrian Wojnarowski's kind of throwing out there. Would you would you take Kyrie and put him on Philly? Oof. Would you all Embiid? Damn, dude! If you ever get that guy to the arena, he's the John Jones of NBA guys. You just got to get him to the arena. By the way, Kyrie Irving's a Hall of Fame hoop player. He's just a weirdo, right? Would you take? Would you send Ben Simmons? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's pretty fair, player. <laughs> but, dude, Kyrie Irving can play, and he's got a shot. This guy's won a championship, scored 37 in that closeout game against the Warriors with LeBron when they were both in Cleveland. Come on now, you know that. Last year, I know, man, he's a freak show. When I was doing radio in Boston on WEI, I, I hated him too. But I hate Simmons more. Don't think Kevin Durant will go for that. Oh, Kevin Durant. The guy who's got 72 burner accounts on Twitter goes, why don't you like me? <laughs> okay. I told you this before. If you have to ask a guy, a man, another man, hey, don't, why don't you like me? 
It, it's a problem. Any guy that asks another man, how do I look? How do you think I look tonight? Good? Think I look all right? God, I hate those dudes. At least that's a chick, right? All right. <laughs> How do I look tonight? Good grief. So Derrick Henry, there's some news now coming out of Derrick Henry's camp that he's getting a little bit aggravated with the fact that he's a one-trick pony in that city. And there could be potential that he wants out of Tennessee. You talk about a guy who could change a franchise around overnight. That guy could have as much impact on a team. You imagine putting him in Green Bay. You, hey, Carlos, can you imagine how, how Jalen Hurts would look? Listen, if Derrick Henry can make Ryan Tannehill look great, to the point where he got a $30 million deal. Ryan Tannehill makes $30 million on the back of Derrick Henry. Think of what every single, you don't think every single star, if I'm Tom Brady, I want that guy in Tampa. By the way, if I was Tom Brady and I wanted to come back for one more year, I'd give half my salary for that guy to go to Tampa. You imagine Derrick Henry in Tampa with Brady? Good grief. You could potentially put him on a football team, and your team would be a 13-win team overnight if you had any kind of quarterback. Yeah, Derrick Henry, man. He's like, you know, I mean, Ken, if it moves, I'm hitting it. Signed, Urban Meyer. Thank you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Oh, man. Carlos, so you would have Devontae Smith. You got to get rid of that kid, Rieger. He sucks. Kid sucks. The kid was a first-round draft choice. What was Howie smoking that day? Dude, dude, the dude must have been smoking the chronic, man, because, I mean, that guy, Rieger, stinks. Okay? He ain't worth the money he's making. Honestly, man, that guy will be off the team next year, man. I'm not bringing that guy back. Yeah, don't worry, Carlos Urban. Ur hey, Urban Cowboy. He's a, he, he's a short timer in the NFL, too. 23-year-old quarterback has got more character than the kid. Derrick Henry, man. Dude, you don't – hey, if I'm, if I'm Mike Vrabel, okay, Muhammad says love the chronic. The one Snoop and Dre smoking. Dude, hey, that – album is one of the greatest albums Muhammad in the history of rap music that that chronic album is like one of my favorite West Side Connection I would say this to you Muhammad my favorite rap albums okay chronic is in there I can't put them in order man West Side I love Ice Cube stuff you know I do because he's my boy okay you know I like to, I, I mean, I, I love them dudes, man. I love NWA too. So, yeah, that Chronic album's awesome. That's a great album. Absolutely a great album. Um, so, let's go to Pittsburgh here a little bit. 
this is kind of like a problem that I can't believe that this thing it rears up and 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 it's in Pittsburgh for an organization. Smile, but smile says Beastie Boys. I don't know, man. Beastie Boys. I I don't know. I'm all right with Eminem. Early Eminem, his stuff now sucks. He thinks he's good now, and I, I don't know. He's not very good now, but when he was with Dre, he was great. Beastie Boys are legendary. And Pittsburgh doesn't have a transition plan from Big Ben. It's not Dwayne Haskins, right? Cypress Hill, that band out of Boston, right? I think they're out of Boston. Pretty good, pretty good. But they had like, I think they were like a one album, one album guys, right? I like Cypress Hill. They're all right. Haskins is the future. <laughs> yeah, right. Mike Tomlin's like, I don't know, man. You know, hey, Mike Tomlin might want to think about it too. I don't know, man. So when Big Ben, when, when Big ben leaves Pittsburgh, what does Pittsburgh have when it comes to quarterbacks? You think they're going to try to go after Aaron Rodgers? I do think they're going to go after somebody. Yeah, no, no, Muhammad. I think they could be in the move for Watson. Watson's good. Hey, guys, Watson's going to land somewhere. And Pittsburgh's going to be in a desperation mode to get a quarterback. They are going to be in a desperation mode. Lamar Jackson has that division on lockdown, in my opinion. Dude, they, you know, you got that division on lockdown, man. Lamar's got it, as long as he don't get hurt. Okay? You know, I mean, as long as he don't get hurt, Watson changes everything. You could put Watson in the NFC East and change the entire division. But what about Pitts? I mean, so like Pittsburgh – they bring back Ben, which is normal for them because they like stability. That's what the franchise is known for, stability. But, man, I'm watching Ben. He is just like and, – and Tomlin's covering for him, okay? He's covering for him. But, man, Ben's out of gas, and you see it. He can't throw the deep pass any longer. Not that they have anybody to throw it to. Oh, I'm going to get to him. Don't worry, Smile. I had a conversation with some – some Cleveland fans on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show, by the way, if you're not following me, please make sure you do because we have a fun time on there with Baker. Who else has a problem with me? Oh yeah. LeBron blocked me. LeBron blocked me. And, and you know what I was just saying? I was just doing this. So LeBron makes his shoes in China and Daryl Morey, he can't tweet about China. But you could tweet about the president of the United States. It's okay, right? And he blocked me for that. And I was like, really? Wow, what a weak, what a weak tool. I mean, I was like, really? Dude, over that? Man, sensitivity at its highest. I don't oh, hey, Muhammad, I just said that. I just said, so wait a minute, you're telling Daryl Morey he can't support like freedom fighters in China, but you rip America and you rip Trump. And you hate him, but yet they're killing protesters and they have slave labor and they have concentration camps in China. And you don't have a problem with that? He blocked me for it. I was like, Jesus. Okay. By the way, I think he's a great ambassador to the NBA. I don't have a problem with him. Derek says, How does Watson change a whole division when he won four games last? He didn't, wasn't on him last year was on that sorry-ass defense, Derek, that they had in Texas. 
The Houston Texans were horrible last year on defense. He had one of the most iconic seasons that a quarterback could have. Look at the numbers, man. They dictate that. Everything would have been winning, but they couldn't stop running water last year. You're trying to tell me that you don't think that – wait a minute. Now, Derek, you're trying to tell me you don't think, Derek, that you don't think Deshaun Watson is one of the top five quarterbacks in the game? Then there's no, con then there's no convincing you. Jalen Hurts is not in his league. Then again, there's very few people. I'll make a point to Derek here. Would you take – would the Jets take Derek – would the, would, would the Jets take Deshaun Watson? Yes. Well, they just drafted a quarterback. Yeah, well, ask Arizona how that worked out. Do you think Denver would take him? Yeah. Do you think Chicago would take Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Do you think Miami would take him? Yeah. Do you think Carolina would take him, Deshaun Watson? Yes. Do you think the Saints would take him? Yeah. Do you think the 49ers would take him? Yeah. Do you think Tennessee would take him? Yeah. Do you think Minnesota would take him? Yeah. There's not really, I mean, here's the places that they wouldn't probably take Deshaun Watson. Chargers, Kansas City. I might, they, I, I, hey, man. I, I think it's a funny situation in Tampa, but Tampa would have to think about it. Not that they would push Brady to the side, but it'd be Kansas City. It'd be, do you think the Rams would take Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson's better than Matthew Stafford. You think Cleveland would take him? Over Baker, over Baker numbnuts? Derek, that's not a bad spin. Yes, absolutely, but he only makes a bad team a little better. Okay, well, that counts on the – like, well, well, Derek, to your point here, though, okay, the organization also has to put assets around these players. That's what the bitch in Seattle is with Russell Wilson. That's what the bitch in Green Bay is with Rodgers, and that's also the bitch in uh, New England when Brady was there. You know, you can't win these. It's a team sport. You're right. So, Derek, I, I, I get what you're saying. Organizationally, you've got to build around those guys. And here, here's what probably got Deshaun Watson upset, Derek. How do you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins after you give Deshaun a $180 million contract and next year it escalates to $38 million per, and then you get rid of one of the best third-down wideouts? How does that make sense? Well, let me get rid of a, a guy who looks like Larry Fitzgerald. I, I don't blame the guy for looking at it through those kind of binoculars. So, wait, they gave me the money. But to give me the money, they went cheap and they sent Hopkins away. What? That's the problem that you have. See, an organization will do this. They'll sign a guy to big money, but then what they'll do is what? They'll clip the other assets off the team. Remember when Baltimore gave Joe Flacco that money? They started cutting Anquan Bolden. They got rid of Ed Reed. They started getting rid of some of the assets like uh, Bryant McKinney, and they started getting rid of all them because they had to pay the quarterback.
Look at Seattle, for instance. The Legion of Boom is no longer intact because they started paying Wilson. That's what happened there. They started paying Wilson. And when you start paying money and you don't have a quarterback that's willing to adjust that number, like here, here what's going to be the interesting thing, and by the way, it already happened. When Patrick Mahomes signed that $500 million contract and Lee Steinberg constructed that deal, he gave the Chiefs like off-ramps so that they could go and cut deals with players like Orlando Brown. And he's constantly going to have to restructure that contract so that KC doesn't get rid of guys like Chris Jones on the other side of the ball. You understand what I'm saying? This is all working hand-in-hand. See, Rodgers doesn't work hand-in-hand with the Packer front office. And Russell wants to work hand-in-hand with the Seattle front office. Seattle just got a good kick in the head this past offseason over it. Seattle went and really actually talked to Chicago about potentially making a deal to send him to Chicago. He's crazy. All right. Let's take a timeout. I do want to talk about tonight's game a little bit. What else we got here? How about that game this weekend? Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. How about Andy Reid, what he's saying about Josh Gordon, too? Okay, Fletcher Cox speaks. I want to get back to that losing the locker room stuff. Trey Lance now is up. All these other rookies got up to the plate, right? So all that to come yet. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. By the way, do me a favor. If you haven't hit the like button, please do. Okay, we really appreciate it. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. 
Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. Hey, I just thought about it, man. I think the Krauses are probably going to get in trouble because Big Sills has got a NFL logo on his hat. <laughs> I'm a member, dude. I'm an NFL alumni, man. You know, they sent me the hat. You just tell them that, Krause Jr. Cilio's an NFL alumni guy. He's got a card to prove it. I think I still have one of my cards down here. Do I? I may act. Oh, I do. I do. I got one of my cards still. Big Sills, NFL alumni. How you doing? Woo-wee. Yeah. You know what's significant about that, which is really cool? Only 25,000 men have ever played in the NFL. 16,000 of them are alive. I'm one of them. They're done. Hey, yeah, man. I, hey, I love Krause Sr.'s hats. I do. I kind of try to wear a lid every time I go on to post-post game show. Yeah, yeah. Krause Jr. puts me on, like, when the owls are up. So, like, I still have to spark the machine, and I do. Boom. Kick it right in the side. Yeah, so if anybody gets on to Krause's uh, rear end over the logo, you just tell him Big Sills a card-carrying NFL guy. Hey, Don. Ah. Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons, man, for Kyrie Irving. Holy cow. Can you imagine being a psychiatrist with those two guys? Here, let me go here. So, Kyrie, what seems to be the problem today? Well, You know, um, what day is it? Uh, it's Thursday. Um, what month? Uh, October. Oh, geez, basketball season's starting up. It, it, is, is that how you know what time of the year is, basketball? Yeah, don't you know that? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and then Ben. Here's, here's Ben. Watch this. Here's Ben. Excuse me, Ben. I'd like to have a conversation with you. Hang on. I'm on Instagram. Me and Krause Jr. are on Instagram right now. Only difference is Krause's trying to buy some stock in something. This guy is more... Uh, Ben's like trying to hit something with Urban. Hey, Urban, I'll meet you over at Club. I'd like to know who that chick was you were grinding on. What's her name? Whew. She looked good. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Oh, good. All right, let's go over here. Josh Allen versus... Patrick Mahomes this weekend. This could be, without a doubt, one of the best matchups in one of the matchups that 
we're going to see over the next 10 years. This Buffalo team has shut out two teams in the last three weeks. Okay? Two teams in the last three weeks. Their defense is playing better than I thought. Hey, by the way, could this be a repeat of going back to the AFC Championship game that we saw this past year? Absolutely. This has got the makings of a great rivalry. You know what's great, too, about these two quarterbacks here? Look at this here for a second. Not one of these guys were the first pick in the draft. Not one of these guys were the first pick. These guys were all – there was – there was. watch this. Here's what people said about Josh Allen. Here was the book on him. I saw him when he was playing at Wyoming. His junior year was really the better year. And I went like this. This kid's got a gun, man. And I want to show you something, especially also with Patrick Mahomes. Guys, so when people talk about can Jalen get better, I don't know. Do you have the coaching staff to get him better? Follow me here. So Josh Allen played at Wyoming, as I said. Do you think he got great coaching at Wyoming with a coach who's under 500 right now? He's under 500. He doesn't have a winning record. So when Josh Allen goes to Buffalo, he gets Sean McDermott. Do we not consider Sean McDermott to be one of the better coaches in the NFL? I do. Okay? I do. So this is probably the best coaching that Josh Allen has ever had in his entire career playing career, even back to the small high school he played at. This guy wasn't highly recruited. He wasn't at a big program, obviously, Wyoming. And he ends up going to Buffalo. And he gets great coaching. Now, he's the face of that franchise. Gave him a brand new contract extension. They're, ta they're talking in the same light that he's the next Jim Kelly. That's pretty great, okay? That just shows you when you get great coaching. I'll make another point with Patrick Mahomes here. Watch this. Let's go to Mahomes. What school again did Patrick Mahomes come out of? Let me think. USC, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson. Can you, can you, can you tell me what school he went? Oh, that's right. He went to Texas. Oh, Texas. No, no. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. What's ever come out of Texas Tech? Texas Tech? Okay. So he didn't go to a big school, but he got decent coaching when he was there. Who was the coach there that coached him? Cliff Kingsbury. And by the way, people thought Kingsbury was a retire in Arizona, and Steve Kime who ended up firing Todd Bowles, who, by the way, is the heir apparent to Andy Reid, or excuse me, to Bruce Arians in Tampa. They just gave him a four-year contract extension. Todd Bowles is the next head coach of the Bucks. The Glazers are not letting him walk out of the room and go somewhere else if they win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. They're not letting him go. They're going to let Byron Leftwich go because they made the decision in Bruce Arians helped that decision, saying that Todd Bowles should be the guy. And so Bowles is the heir apparent to Bruce in Tampa. 
knows he's a good coach. I think he got jobbed in Arizona, too. I do. But Arizona and the Bidwells and Steve Kahn, the GM, wanted to have a high-powered, offensive-minded coach. Remember what they and how they hired Cliff Kingsbury. He, he got fired at Texas Tech, got the job as the OC at USC, and before he even coached a player at USC, he was the head football coach at Arizona. And what was his first move? He jettisoned Josh, uh, Josh Rosen. And they went right back into the draft and said, no, we're going to go out and we're going to get Kyler Murray. And he's coaching that guy's doors off. Look at Kyler Murray, who's, who he's had as two coaches. Think of this for a minute. Look at what coaching in the NFL matters. That's why if you got a guy like Jalen Hurts, think of this for a minute. You bring in a rookie coach to try to develop him? Right? I know some of you are probably going like this. Well, look at Brandon Staley. Um, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Brandon Staley's a defensive-minded guy. Okay? He's a defensive guy. And so, they, the, trust me, covering the Chargers, they fell into him. Nobody saw that kid coming out of Oregon, Justin Herbert, as being the next Dan Marino. Nobody. Look at what coaching matters. Okay, look, look, look at Arizona right now. Look at the coaching he's getting. He might be the best player in the NFC West, Kyler Murray. Undefeated, beat the brakes off the uh, Rams at their building so fine. I like to call it so fine. One of the best ballparks around. Coaching matters. Paul says, my fear is we got rid of a Super Bowl winning coach for knobs not much older than our linebackers. Dude, think that's right. Paul, think it. Paul, that's a great point, okay? You fired Doug Peterson and his staff because meddling in the front office got in the way. And they blame Doug Peterson for the mess in Philly, right? Even though it, it delivered you maybe one of the greatest eras of Eagle football, right? Super Bowl, NFC title, division titles, right? You won division titles, multiple division titles. NFC championship, you were now Sean Jeffries' stupid drop away from potentially going to another NFC championship game. He dropped that ball in New Orleans. I thought if he catches it, they kick the field goal, Foles is in the NFC title game back-to-back -back years. And they did this on the heels of a quarterback walking backwards in development. And you fired that guy. Doug won in spite of the roster disintegrating in front of him. Do we not agree? Okay. Then what you decide to do in the offseason, which is okay. You got rid of the quarterback. I think the writing was on the wall for that. Jim Schwartz retires. Top five in pass rushing last year. Now look at it. And now you, you've got coaches in there who are younger than most college coaches are in the collegiate ranks. Coaching men. And you fired Peterson for that. And you think that these guys are not on training wheels right now. Is that correct? Guys. 
How do you fundamentally look at that and make that decision sitting in the front office going, well, let's fire all the experience we have in the locker room when it comes to our coaching staff and hire all young dudes. Is that so you can push them around? I mean, don't if, if I'm the one asking these questions, the players are doing it too, you know. Dion says, Howie and Luria throwing coaches and players under the bus. Yeah, but that only goes for so for so long before you have to, you run out of guys to blame. Okay, Doug's not there. Why does the team suck then? Well, it's coaching. You just hired a guy. Did I actually hear two people saying that the coaching staff is saying that they're close? Close. Let's be fair here without being emotional. How are you close when you don't run the ball? <laughs> How are you close? I ran the ball three times. <laughs> and let me, let me here. Let me write this down here. I played like um, let me see, sixteen years of junior football. Then I played four years high school. That's twenty. Then I played five in college. It's twenty-five. Then I played seven. I played 32 years of football, okay? I've never been on a football team that ran the ball three times. <laughs> I've never. In my 32 years of football, I've never been on a field where my team ran the ball three times. I was just going to fuck it and not run the ball. Essential worker, man. Yeah, but when your general manager has complete control of your football team, you usually run into chaos because he's not on the sidelines with the players or in the locker room with the players. And what you do is you cripple the strength of your coach and when it comes to telling the players what they need to know and what they need to do. Accountability has to be between the player and the coach, not the player, coach, and then another dude, whoever that is. I mean, look at that smile. Three... Ten times? I thought it was 19 times. You say it's 10 times, okay. Still, 22 times in two weeks? Where do you think you're going with that? So when they say that they're close, how are you close? You don't have a running attack. And by the way, all no shade on your runners at all, but they're dudes. Here, like that game this weekend between um, the Chiefs and the Bills, those are teams that are fighting it out for championships right now. How did they get there? Great coaching. Great front office. Coaches who have power and autonomy in the locker room. Do you think there's any co – here, I'm going to show you something. Let me write this down. Now, teams that win – I'm going to make a point to you guys. Do we all agree Howie Roseman has complete control over the Eagles football team? Tell me if I'm wrong. Does he have complete control of it? Okay. So the front office in Philly has complete control. Dallas is another one always falls short of expectations. Packers, front office, 
always falls short of expectations. Chargers, Spanos family, and Tom Telesco, who I love, still front office has more autonomy. That's why they hired Staley and a young coach. Dallas Packers, watch this one. San Francisco, John Lynch, front office. Without Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan's underwater. Now I'm going to show you something else here. Coaches who have complete power. Pete Carroll, Super Bowl. Sean Payton, Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, enough said. John Harbaugh, enough said. Bruce Arians in Tampa, even with Jason Light. They work together, and Brady's in the conversation. Tampa. Let me say this to you a little bit about Frank Wright. Frank being an indie, you know my relationship with Frank. Chris Ballard has a lot of say in that room. Mike Tomlin. Dude, Dion, great call there. And I'll tell you this. Okay, my, my friend who's been on the program, the president and vice president of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Colbert. You know what Kevin Colbert, what, what he won't? Get this. Dion, I'm going to make, I'll, I'll tell you guys something that you'll never see Kevin Colbert, the general manager on any radio show or television show during the season. That's a pet peeve of his. He only does my show in the offseason. You know why? He doesn't want to get in the way of the head coach. And he doesn't want to say anything that could undermine the head coach. That's brilliant. He doesn't want the players to hear him say anything. That could be taken out of context. You only see Mike. Tomlin talking to the media during the season. In the offseason, Kevin did this show right here. I had him on. You never see Kevin Colbert during the year. Never. He will never do that. Never gets in the way of the head coach. Another guy who has complete control and won Super Bowl. And been the multiple. You would think that you would think that just as we always say this, that the NFL is a copycat league, right? That you would think that organizations who are running their team from the owner's box would get a clue, but they don't. I'm trying to think of a – you know, the Packers want – get this. So the Packers had Brett Favre for, what, 17 years, and now they've got Aaron Rodgers for 17 years. So for 34 years, you had Rodgers – and Favre, and you won two Super Bowls? Jesus, criminy, man. You think that's underachieving? Here, back in the day, when Bill Walsh was running the 49ers, Bill Walsh won those Super Bowls and set the organization up. He not only had Joe Montana, but he had Steve Young in transition waiting. Yeah, but Paul, the owner has to change. The owner has to. All right, let's take a timeout. I want to hit on tonight's game. It's a big game between the Seahawks and the Rams. We'll get to your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs>
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Silvio. Pretty good ball game tonight. Significant game, NFC East, or excuse me, West style. You know, Matthew Stafford was brought in to win games like this tonight. Okay? Not just put up big, big stats and big numbers. He wasn't brought in to do that. Okay? 5,000 passing yards and whatever. That's not what he was brought in for. He was brought in to win games like this because and to be consistent because golf is not or wasn't. You've got to beat Russell Wilson. If you can't beat Russell Wilson in your own division, he's already got an L against Kyler Murray. You can't go back-to-back weeks losing in your division. I think you're going to win the division or be a Super Bowl contender, right? So this game tonight for the Rams, I say this to you, man. Stafford's got a lot of pressure on his ass tonight. So you lose in back-to-back weeks. You lose to Kyler Murray and you lose to Russell Wilson. You got a tough putt here, Junior. And if you're Sean McVay, you got to sit back and go, man, holy cow. Okay, we're going to battle it out with the 49ers for last place? As good as the division is, this is a big deal here. So Matthew Stafford, you know, who really, if you look at his resume, this guy's Drew Bledsoe. He's thrown for a lot of yards. He's got a great arm, but he doesn't have a lot of wins. Well, what the hell are we talking about here then? 
You know, what are we talking about? Well, he's got a really great arm. <laughs> great. So did Jeff George. So did Jeff George. This comes down to winning and losing. It doesn't come down to touchdowns. It doesn't come down to passing yards. It doesn't come down to completions. This thing comes down to winning. Are you winning the games in your division? That's what Dak knows. Watch this. Dak is the king of the NFC East right now, and he knows it. There's not a team in the East that can compete against the Cowboys right now. Now, could that change because of injuries or what have you? Sure. Always does every year. But right now, the Cowboys own the East. And here, you want to know this? Okay, so they fell in to this Micah Parsons kid from Penn State. He was the second guy on the board. They wanted the kid that's in Denver now playing DB, the, the Bama kid. They wanted him. And when he got picked by Denver, the Cowboys scrambled. Now, let's take the kid from Penn State. They fell into the defensive player of the year rookie-wise. He's going to win it. He's a great-looking kid, man. I mean, he puts his hand down, he stands up, he covers tight ends, he rushes the passer. This guy has got it all. And sometimes you do fall into that. I told you the story a couple uh, weeks ago about Lawrence Taylor. The Giants had a boatload of linebackers when they drafted LT. They had Harry Carson. They, they had Gary Reasons. They had Brad Van Pelt. They didn't need another guy. But because they saw that guy, they went, well, you know, he looks like he's, this guy was, a, you know, Lawrence Taylor, when he went to North Carolina, he was a tight end. LT first went to Carolina as a tight end. He wasn't no linebacker. And so when um, they found him, they were looking at him, they evaluated him, and Belichick and Parcells and Ray Perkins all said, let's take him. Ken, this kid, Michael Parsons, a mini LT. I don't know that. I don't know if I'll ever put anybody in Lawrence Taylor's league because Lawrence Taylor's the greatest pass rusher from the linebacking position I've ever seen. There's only one guy that's close to him, and that's the guy that was in Philadelphia, and that's Reggie. Reggie's the greatest defensive lineman that's ever rushed a passer. I don't care what they tell me about this Aaron Donald kid. I saw Reggie White with cast on his arm playing with one arm, killing guys. I used to sit back and watch him on film and just clicking it going, how's that guy killing people like that? I've never seen a player dominate somebody and big giant dudes like Eric Williams, the Cowboys, throwing them on their head, Nate Newton, just tossing dudes with one arm. And you're like, this guy's a freak show. I say this goes down tonight. I've, I think... Russell Wilson's in for a big night tonight. I think, and I mean it on a negative basis. I think they're going to, don't, I don't think they can stop anybody on Seattle's side of the ball. I think they're going to run the ball. I'm talking the Rams. I think they win this football game, and I think they win it kind of comfortably. I think the Rams are going to win this ball game. I think Seattle, if you're Russell Wilson, the defense is not near what it used to be. The kid Carson is out. Your running attack, that kid uh, Penny that they drafted out of San Diego State, turned out to be a bum. 
It was nothing. So this game tonight, I, I really, man, I got the Rams winning this thing. I got the Rams winning this thing pretty comfortably. All right, something else, too, that popped up today. You see the comments from Andy Reid? Player says, I have the Rams blowing out Seattle. I'm with you. Dion, 31-23 Rams. I got you, too. You see Andy Reid, what he said about Josh Gordon? This came out today. Wow. He goes like this. Wow. Kid's smart. He's picked up the playbook already. He is some player. And you got to understand something when you see Josh Gordon. I've seen Josh Gordon stood next to him and talked to him. He's like T.O. You look at him and you're like, no, that is a professional athlete. This guy walks, he's imposing. He walks at you. He's 6'3". He's 225 to 35 pounds. And he's carved out of a steak. And this guy is, he's a big dude, man. And when he's on his game and he's in shape, the guy's a 4'5". Now, this was a couple years ago. How many times can you keep taking years off and think that you still have that skill set? If he becomes like they, Kansas City has been looking for another guy on the side of Hill for the last three years. They've been looking for somebody else. Remember when they had Sammy Watkins in there? Well, they underestimated Sammy Watkins, didn't they? Okay, and they've been looking for another dude, and they need another guy. By the way, I think they also need a running game. Kansas City, but but Andy's like this. This guy, man, he's picked up the playbook. He's already plugged into the play plays that we're going to call this weekend against Buffalo. We're going to play him. He's playing this weekend. Dude, for you, you have to understand, for you to – I mean, it's not like, you know, Tim Tebow took nine years off or something like that to get back on the field, right? This guy's been in and out of the league the last six, seven years. He's been in and out of the league. In and out of the league. And all of a sudden, he shows up in the Kansas City Chiefs practice, and Reed goes, we're playing him this weekend. Do you know how freaky that is and how incredible that is? Yeah, we're playing him. He looks tremendous out here. Patrick Mahomes is going like this. I'm not going to get ahead of myself here or anything, but if Josh Gordon, if they, if Josh Gordon can give them 65 catches in like 800 yards or 700 yards for a number three, that's a win. What a huge win that would be for Kansas City. Loosens uphill, Kelsey. I just, I, I do, man. I, I love the dude. All right. Finally here on, on Baker Mayfield. So you see the new thing that you guys even kind of broached it a little bit too. So Baker Mayfield's now playing with, I guess, a hurt labrium. Yeah, my daughter has that too. She's got a hurt labrium. She, she plays D1 rugby at Grand Canyon University. And you know why this was floated out? By the way, I had people on my Twitter page at Dan Silio Show telling me, the Browns never said this. Oh, really? Then how did it get out? And every single news person that covers the NFL, from USA Today to Ian Rappaport, is not reporting it. Where the hell do you think he got it from? You either got it from the Browns or Baker's agent or both. And most likely probably from Baker's agent. You know why? He hasn't really played that great. And he has, especially in the Minnesota game. 
And so you're floating that out because there's a contract extension that's supposed to be dealt with at the end of the year. I'm going to tell you this. Baker's got a month and a half to prove that he's the franchise quarterback of the Browns. And if that football team falls on its face and he can't get the the goods delivered, they're going to move on. All right. Hey, man. Hey, do me a favor, guys. Please do me a favor and hit the like button. We really appreciate you guys coming aboard with us each and every single day. Thank you so much. Make sure you enjoy the game tonight. And I do have the Rams and a pretty good bit, uh, win tonight over Seattle. We appreciate you guys always coming aboard. Like, again, like I said, hit that like button. Share it a little bit later if you miss some of the show. We'll catch you tomorrow going 4-6. to six. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.